G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our next guest says Australia's political leadership has facilitated a relentless assault on our nation as a sovereign self-reliant state built on the foundation of Christian Western democracy. The policy page of the Australia One Party says Australia is on a cliff edge. And unless we act now, it'll be too late to save our country from a devastating fall that will consign our children and grandchildren to a life of serfdom. The Australia we know and love will be lost. Well, the Australia One Party is led by Ricardo Bossi. He's an author, speaker, Senate candidate and former Australian Army Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel. Ricardo Bossi, welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thank you for the kind invitation. Good to be here. Ricardo, the things that are happening right now in Australia, let me start with one of the most prominent issues, the Religious Freedom, Religious Discrimination Bill. It's been tabled in the Parliament. Uh, What are your impressions that might form something that listeners will understand from the Australia One Party? Okay, good question, because um, whilst I'm a man of faith, I'm a Christian, so is my wife. Uh, I make it clear to people that we're not, not a Christian party in the style of Fred Nile. We are a hard-nosed political party who has a broad agenda. Now, having said that, our philosophy is rooted in Christianity, and that's for a couple of good reasons, apart from my personal faith. Firstly, over 50% of Australians identify as Christian. So in a, in, by that metric, this is a Christian nation, not, not decreed by government. Obviously, nobody wants that, but we are in ourselves Christians. Then on top of that, most of the country, 70-odd percent, are people of faith. Then you've got maybe 20 percent, I don't know, and 5 to 8 percent are atheists. So from a hard-nosed political perspective, being Christian is actually a vote winner. Now, that's not why we're doing it, but that makes sense. Now, for the people who are concerned about that, and I've got to look at this broad demographic of the country, what we need to reinforce with Australia is that our democracy, Christian Western civilization, is founded on those biblical teachings. Because you can have everything else that makes up a culture. But at the heart of every culture are their spiritual beliefs and the Western civilization and Australia is Christian. And as you know, it penetrates every aspect of our lives in hidden ways. And the non-Christians are basically enjoying the benefits of the Christian foundation to this world, but they don't identify it. So that's, in a practical sense, we've got to make that, make that case to the people. But it also has to be taught to people in schools. Now, we're not going to enforce Christian education in schools, but as part of their history, we must learn the Western civilization is centered on the Christian foundations because we've got Greek philosophy and mathematics, and that's fantastic. Roman jurisprudence and law, English common law rights, all wonderful things. But at the heart is the Christian ethic and the Christian belief system, which binds it together. And that's what's made Western civilization the most benevolent, the most successful, the most generous of all civilizations ever. And so we've got to make sure we drive that home both to the people of faith and help those that aren't people of faith to understand that any religion isn't the same. So in respect to the specific religious um, non-discrimination bill, 
I have a concern simply because not all religions are the same. That's like saying every drink is a road to sobriety. Not true, because our laws are founded on the Christian faith, and many religions have laws which are antithetical to our secular laws. And as far as we're concerned, religious liberty is fine as long as it does not break Australian law. And so this idea where we can hold hands with all the faiths and have a kumbaya moment is naive in the extreme, because we've got a Satanist church up in Noosa. And all of a sudden they're saying the Satanists should have freedom of religion. So the concept of freedom of religion sounds wonderful till you get to the detail and you realize, well, hang on a minute, there are a number of faiths that have practices and beliefs which are antithetical to Australian law and to the Western intellectual and philosophical tradition. So I've got significant problems with this, this religious freedom law because the practice of it is the devil's in the detail as it always is. And as you say, not all religions are the same. So the government legislating for everyone on the same level actually doesn't necessarily do a nation any favours. Absolutely not. And the, the, the first place where this was mentioned, the freedom of religion, was the United States. But even that isn't um, every, every religion for itself. That, that's a nonsense understanding. It was a vague reference to the fact that the original uh, founding fathers, the, the, the pilgrims that came across, wanted to avoid religious persecution, so they sailed in, on the Mayflower, landed at Plymouth Rock, and they found out very quickly that, no, you can't have every man and every woman deciding what religion suits them best, because not every religion creates a, uh, a peaceful, benevolent, generous society. And you can look at any, I'm happy to talk on any religion. Well, let me give you an example. And I, I debated this with Mark Latham and another speaker at Sydney University once. And they were speaking about freedom of religion. And I, the first one I said was, hang on, let's, let's talk about freedom from religion. Let's have a look at the, the atheist point of view. Let's look at the, the three major uh, proponents of a, a non-religious background to see how they go. Well, that was Nazism, communism in the Chinese sense, and communism in the Soviet sense. There's 100 million dead in 100 years. So we don't want freedom from religion. So if you take all religion out, that's what you end up with. And the atheists don't like that, but that's, that's the fact. Let's look at another religion, Islam. Now, we're happy, for example, as a political party, we support Muslims that want to practice their religious Islam. Now, that's the five pillars of their religion, which is the Shahada, the Declaration of Faith, the uh, fasting during Ramadan, praying five times a day, giving charity, and the Hajj, which is making your way to Mecca once in your lifetime if you can afford it. Now, all of those things are fine, and we have no problem with that aspect of Islam. But that's not what you get. Because it's political Islam, social Islam, and cultural Islam. Now, on the political Islam, Australia recognises 26 international terrorist groups, 24 of which are Islamic. So you've got to really you know, think hard and say, well, hang on, there might be something in this thing called Islam that is deleterious to the nation's well-being. And it, and it is. But let's get practical. So that's a political Islam. They want to create... Dar al-Salam, which is the realm of peace, that by definitions matter. And the realm of peace is where there is Sharia. And Dar al-Hab is the realm of war, where there is no Sharia. So politically, they want to create Sharia in Australia. We don't want that. So they can't have political Islam in Oz. They can have religious Islam, but not political Islam. And then you've got cultural Islam, female genital mutilation, child marriages. And the reason, for example, why child marriages are important is because Muhammad, the founder of Islam, married his favourite wife at age six and consummated the marriage at age nine. And good Muslims are required to emulate his life, the perfect life. 
And so we have judges in Victoria currently giving a pass to 30-year-old men marrying and consummating their marriages to nine-year-old girls in Victoria. It's insane. So no, when you say religious freedom, as long as it does not break Australian law. Now, the good thing is, being a Christian country, there are no laws that should be unchristian. Although those laws are changing, aren't they? And Ricardo, just to reflect here for a moment and your thoughts, because the first commandment out of the very famous Ten Commandments of the Old Testament says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And uh, this is God, a jealous God. But uh, there's a certain sense in which the harmonious function of a nation was built on knowing the God of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian God. There is a certain sense, isn't there, uh, that in the same sense in a modern context, that still is true. Absolutely. It's, it's foundational to the co- to cohesive society. One of the Russian emperors, in uh, trying to, trying to, to, uh, to, to grip up his, his, uh, the homogeneity and the, and the uh, cohesiveness of the Russian Empire, sent emissaries around the world to find out which was the best religion for the country. And they, they travelled the world and they had a look at all the religions. They came back and they decided that Christianity was the best religion to, to help this cohesive nation bond together and be successful. And they put their own changes on it and created the Russian Orthodox Church. And so without a shadow of a doubt, a nation's religion, a nation's spiritual beliefs are foundation to that nation's success and we would be insane to change it. Now, having said that, the, uh, that first commandment, no other God, you're dead right. The laws are changing, and they're being changed by people who have an agenda. Now, these, the politicians, as we know, these are soft puppets. They, they couldn't organize a, a barbecue in, a, in, a, in a, uh, a butcher shop. They have no idea what they're doing. But they are just following orders from communist uh, infiltrators, from um, globalists, from you name it, every foreign nasty influence you can possibly imagine, and some of them descend into the depravities of evil that, we won't talk about it on this channel, but if your people uh, want to do some research, they'll find out there are some very bad people directing the traffic of laws. Our laws are not being set by Australians. It's being set by internationalists who have an agenda to destroy our nation and that the heart of our nation is our Christian faith. And if they destroy that, we are lost. If we hang on to that, we can fight back and win. Ricardo, two years now plus... Uh, in formation, the Australia One Party, and some of those things you're saying will resonate fairly deeply with some of our listeners today. Two years in formation, uh, how do you describe the status of the Australia One Party right now? Are you ready to stand candidates in a federal election? What's the status today? Well, that's a great question. It's, uh, this, this was a startup, so your listeners who have been involved in any startup business know it's just an idea, and then sometime down the track, you open the doors. Well, we've been at this for two years, as you say. We've got a, a superb constitution. We have a policy platform that covers every possible subject you can imagine. And it's and it, I tell you, when, when we launch the policy, there's an outline on our website. But when we launch the detailed policy, there'll be a very a, a lot of very very happy people. We're also there's a hard, the hard mechanics of it. We've got to we've, we've acquired some servers. We're getting some military grade. Uh, protection because we're constantly under attack and very soon we'll be calling for members now people always say but you're not registered as a party and i say that's correct it doesn't matter i've already contested two elections as an independent and in fact it's unconstitutional parties are actually unconstitutional people don't know that because they don't know their constitution so to be actually strict about it everybody in parliament should be sacked because you should not have parties because the, the constitution says the electors 
have the right to directly elect their representative, but that's not what happens. What happens is the parties get in between you. So what we're going to do is we're ready to go now. If, some, if there was an election call tomorrow, ready to go. But we, the headquarters, don't select the candidates. The way we do this, because we are keen to give the power back to the people in a real practical sense. So the members within that electorate, they choose their candidate. We just vet them to make sure they're not pedophiles or bankrupts or they're not excluded for other, some other reason. And we give the names back to, the, to that electorate and say, right, now have a presidential-style primary. You choose someone who you know, like, and trust. And the sort of people we're looking for are those people who have deep roots in the community. They will vote for them not because they've got an Australia one next to their name, but because they know their community, they have roots in their community, and they wish to serve. Now, what that means is we will have a parliament full of good people representing their local electorate, not representing head office. And we may set the, the stage, obviously. We write the policies. We bring them together. We train them up. But this is what the government and the constitution should be, the people represented by people that they want in parliament. And to add to that, we're going to include what we call recall elections. So instead of having a a member of parliament who is responsive to the electors once every three years when there's an election turning up, a recall election allows the members of that electorate to vote. If they don't like the individual, they can vote them out. That will trigger a by-election and a new election must be held for that seat. This means that the actual representative is responsive to the people 24-7, 365 for that three-year term. Now, this is a way to wrest control away from um, the lobbyists, from the machine, and give it to the people. And so, long answer to a very short question, we're not registered yet, but that doesn't matter because we can contest as many seats as we wish as independents and A1 can support them as independents, but we're ready to go at any stage. Now, since the last federal election, those parties, a number of them, that had a Christian foundation to them are no longer there. Are you sensing that there is support that's coming from Christians for the Australia One Party, wherever you're speaking? Yes. Uh, now, because it's a, we're a, a grassroots movement, getting the, the word out there is slow, but it's deep. And I don't mind that one bit, in fact, because the mainstream media won't touch us, and I'm OK with that, to be honest. But I spoke at a Freedom Rally last Saturday. I started with the Lord's Prayer. And there was a cheer that went through the crowd and everybody joined in. And word got out very quickly, these people are serious. This is not a game. This is not about winning votes. This is about saving the country. And it's two very different issues. And so Christians are finding us and they're finding out that we're actually sincere. But we're not, we're not a, as I said, a Christian party. We're a hard-nosed political outfit that is going to win power and save the nation. Well, let me point listeners to how you can find out some more about Australia One. There's a website, australiaoneparty.com. That's australiaoneparty.com. And Ricardo Bossi is leading the Australia One Party. As I said, author, speaker, Senate candidate, former Australian Army Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel, Ricardo Bosi, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and giving us an impression about where things are at with the Australia One Party today. Thanks for joining us on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.